one. And tonight we are doing The Killing of a Sacred Deer. I think this is our first Yorgos Lanthimos film, who he did uh, The Favorite, which was up for a bunch of Oscars a couple years back. And he also did The Lobster, which is another movie starring Colin Colin Farrell that people might know because it's a very interesting film, also on Netflix. Oh, uh, I saw so, The Favorite. Then, yeah, that's his big. That's probably his biggest movie. He's he's a Greek man. He's made a lot of Greek films that I've not seen. I think I gotta check him out because his his movies tend to have a similar uh, style to them. Like they're, uh, I guess we'll talk a little bit about his style when we get into this. But Killing of a Sacred Deer, Nicole. I know you brought this up. It was on your short list when you were trying to do your host pick about a month ago. Yeah. What, uh, oh, what interested really? you about this at first? Yeah. Um, it seemed like an interesting thriller type of deal which i like where it's not crazy but it's psychological type of thing um and i didn't know anything else about it um and i I was interested to see uh our two lead actors here how they would do together um so that's what kind of made me interested in it well okay do you know anything about it going in no and i couldn't remember the name of it like the whole time we were talking about i kept having to look it up i don't know (laughs) i I, even now when you said the name i'm like oh yeah that's what it's called (laughs) Yeah, the, the name actually has a bit of a meaning, which we'll talk about. Um, and then, yeah, I, I've almost seen this movie a bunch of times. When Nicole and I actually started first dating, I was going to go see it one morning uh, when I was over at her house. But the theater, some, or no, the it was back in the movie pass days, and the movie pass app stopped working that morning, so I couldn't go see it. Uh, <laughs> then it was on Prime, and I started it one night. And I didn't, I, I stopped it, I was, must have been tired or something, and then it was off of Prime in the next couple of days, so I couldn't finish it. So it's it's been floating around, I've been trying to watch it forever, and now now I finally have. There you go. Uh, so, Killing of a Sacred Deer. Uh, Stephen, a surgeon, is forced to make an unthinkable sacrifice after his life starts to fall apart when the behavior of a teenage boy he has taken under his wing turns sinister. I think that's about as far as we can go without getting into spoilers. So if you haven't seen Killing of a Sacred Deer, you have any interest, you like The Lobster or The Favorite. He also did a movie called Dogtooth. It's very popular. It's a Greek film. Uh, If you like Yorgos and you haven't seen this one, it's on Netflix. So go check it out if you have any interest. We're spoiling it now. We rate things here at Films with Women in My Life based on four criteria, and those are the plot, the characters, the visual and sound, and the overall resonance and feel of the movie. Uh, we start with like a three-minute like orchestral scene in the dark, and then we see a heart beating. A man is doing surgery on a heart, uh, and then we cut immediately to him walking down a hall, having a conversation about watches with his anesthesiologist. Um, so you, right off the bat, it... If you haven't seen a Yorgos film, his movies, uh, the characters are like, I call it like Earth, like 1B. Like, uh, they're, they're not so weird that it's completely unbelievable the way the characters talk to each other. I, I thought of it as like a really, really smart alien using Google Translate to tell exactly a story. That's exactly what it feels like. I was it, also going to say a really <laughs> uh, in-tuned AI yeah, yeah. This is like this is like one of those like uh, I, I forced a bot to write a screenplay, and he's like a really really good bot. Like he 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 gets he gets the gist of things like right, even though the words are like not quite what we would say. Uh, but it feels it feels like the rhythms feel enough like people where it's recognizable. Um, but yeah, a, a weird alien AI. Google Translate kind of script uh, uh, style he does, which creates I'm gonna an entire add Scandinavian into that. Why Scandinavian? I don't know. It's got that feel to me, sort of like Scandinavian-ish. 
He's a Greek girl with man, the dragon but... tattoo kind of thing. But, I could see yeah. that. Um, he uses so... a lot of like contractions in his in the speech, and you know everything is so uh, eloquently spoken that that's what I think stands out the most. It's just the way that the that the script is written. Yeah, it doesn't feel like dumb nonsense. It feels like really smart and well calculated nonsense. Uh, so I, I, I think yeah, his style is it's kind of something you have to see to be, see and hear. Maybe to it's even like a little bit like Yoda. <laughs> a little like Yoda. <laughs> there's a there's a lot of comparisons I guess we could make, but the actual story centers on Stephen, who is a, a surgeon, um, and he has befriended a young man named Martin, uh, and we learn about their relationship as the movie goes on. At first, like we get little hints here and there. Um, a lot of it is kind of told uh, concealed the way they they are known to be together um uh anyway steven's steven's wife uh, anna and his two kids uh they don't know about this this martin fella until one day he brings them over brings him over to their house for for dinner and uh, he interacts with all the family members and we learn you know about some of the the different characters uh kim is the daughter bob is the son uh and they all have some interesting character quirks and uh, the way they talk is just like how everyone else talks a little bit alien, a little bit AI feeling. Uh, so the, at the halfway point of the movie stuff starts happening where, uh, where Bob, the, the child, he, he can, he gets paralyzed basically, uh, but in like fits and spurts at first. Uh, and then he refuses to eat. And uh, we, we learn that Martin has something to do with this. Martin sits down with Steven and tells him this whole this whole big thing. And that's when that's when everything's kind of revealed is this kind of this halfway point. And uh, then it becomes kind of a like a horrific thrillerish kind of thing for the rest of the movie. So uh, that's about as as general as I can keep it before we get into the specifics. Uh, Nicole, what did you think of the plot of this? Uh, I mean, the beginning is a little slow. I wasn't sure which which course this movie was go- was going to take. Um, I too was very confused in the beginning about the relationship between Stephen and Martin um, because I-, I don't know. I turned to you while we were watching this. I they there's a there's a line while they're having right before they have dinner and their uh, the daughter is like, oh, I want to go to this party. It's Claire's party, and mm-hmm. then. The, the mom says, oh, don't you remember them? The son wants to be a cardiologist. And then they have the, the scene where he's talking to the anesthesiologist in the um, hospital. And Mar- Stephen makes up that fake story that we learn that he wants to be a cardiologist. Did they, did, like, Stephen and Martin have, like, some fake thing going on? Or I don't think, he... yeah, I, I don't think anyone, I don't, I think, I don't know if, Yes, I, I, it's the short answer. I think they um, have some sort of like thing where they don't reveal the true nature of their relationship to anyone. That's interesting that the, the same background story of two people in the movie are, are not connected whatsoever. I don't quite understand why they said that at the dinner table or wherever they were. They do that the whole time until we find out, though. Like we we never right. we don't get the full like we get the full we get the very varying pieces of the story. We get inconsistencies in the story, right. and it's not until I think really Colin Farrell and Nicole Kidman, the two of them, have their scene maybe two thirds in that everything is fully on the table. Um, but yeah, I I just feel I feel like those are his way of throwing in red herrings. Um, probably yeah yeah they're 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 weirder than your average red herring but yeah that's what that's at the end that's kind of what i think 
Sure. What's going I on mean, with that? I'm not bothered by that because I like that that's propelling us through and waiting for the big climax of this. Um, but it was just a little bit too confusing when I'm trying to in- do my own investigating during this and I can't quite understand that that one dinner scene of the family talking about the party. I don't that threw me off so much that I'm like, ugh. But anywho, all of that is out the window for me as we're watching it because I'm just so in interested in what this Martin kid is all about. He's so spooky and he's so creepy and you know, his whatever he's doing in his mind or with his abilities is just so I've never seen anything like this before. I've never seen a character that is controlling something but we don't know why. They never say why he has this control over this family. So it's a very interesting plot. You know, watching the the family deteriorate like this. And when we get to the conclusion that Steven has to make, I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with this guy, this director for making this? <laughs> um, but no, yeah. that's that's just to say that it's it's a very unique plot and I haven't seen something like this. And if I have, it hasn't left an impact like this has um so just for the short of it i'm gonna give it uh i'll give it a three and a half what do you think okay um yeah plot wise i think it i think it does you know it it drives into the vein of interesting uh because of the approach uh that the director takes and and i think the writing too how you're you know you're correct in that it's writing is very stilted and um it's formulaic and it's not anything that i think any of us encounter in real life ever because it's it's you're almost talking to the flattest people that you've ever met in your life i left out of the description where uh when i was reading the description this description had uh steven a charismatic surgeon i'm like <laughs> that's not the first adjective what? i would use for for steven i don't think there's anything charismatic about one person in this in this thing um but as, as far as i mean get into that when we talk about the characters i guess a little more but as far as a plot i I appreciate the plot and I appreciate that it's, I was a little nervous about watching it because of some of the things that I had read right before watching it and that, um, you know, thrillers can go one way or another for me. They can be too, too much, too psychological. Luckily for me, this took a little bend of being like, I don't know what the fuck this is. So I can kind of not be worried about it happening, I guess, is the thing. Um, so I'm I'm going to give the plot a three and we'll probably delve more into why when we get into the characters. Mm. Yeah, the, the plot is pretty, pretty interesting. Uh, his movies always have interesting plots they kind of take a basic premise and add some some strange little quirks and twists and you know it doesn't feel like much of a plot until they sit down the martin and and steven sit down in the cafeteria with each other and martin reveals his whole thing we learn the true you know nature of their relationship or as much as we do um and then from then on out it becomes much more of a thriller although still a fairly slow methodical paced thriller it never uh it doesn't ever like explode off the rails i don't think i think uh mm-hmm. even though it goes in weird directions it's still extremely calculated and measured um mm-hmm. and i i like that i like his style uh of his movies this is like the one that i think exemplifies if you're going to watch a movie like that makes that is this director's like definite defining movie. This feels like the one 
of the ones I've seen, it it just exemplifies what he what he does the best, and for better or worse, what his movies end up being. Um, Let me ask so you I, a question about. So we keep talking about this seminal moment where he, where Stephen Martin are meeting in the cafeteria, and the whole plot is revealed to us. I get the feeling that Stephen was already privy to this information, and was not. Uh, and spent all of this time with Martin sort of to placate him, not knowing that he has this strange power that I, I don't understand. Well, how would, but how would you explain the, um, the conference room scenes where, you know, after um, Bob collapses the first time and he's, he's dismissing his wife's thoughts and he says, we need more tests. We need more tests. And he's not giving up on it being something else. I don't think, Steven, I, think he... I don't think Steven knows. I'm, I'm on, I don't think Steven knows what Martin, it, that Martin's doing this until that scene. I, well, I don't know that it's about Martin doing this, but I feel like at, at some point when Martin's father died, which is actually the whole impetus for this, this whole plot, uh, when Martin's father dies, that at some point he has said to him something about this that you know. I, I mean, I other, agree otherwise, with that. why? Otherwise, why is Stephen so vested in this kid? He like, feels bad. He feels responsible, even though he says he doesn't feel responsible. He does. He I I, he, I do know that, but I I also feel like this is probably not the only person that has died under on Stephen's watch. So I I don't. I'm I trying to Martin's, figure out oh, the right, like the right, like he, he says in the beginning, Martin was always a weird kid. And now he's a weird kid who just lost his father and his, his and, and it's, you know, yeah, but there, we have a two this. year gray area of when the father passed away to when yeah. he starts showing up at this I hospital. It, was, it seems more I frequently. It was like six, I thought it was like six months. No, it was like, I think they said it was two years ago. There has to be some other encounters that. They've had well, he's the been past. he's been seeing him for a much longer time than we see because he's he tells Nicole Kidman's character he tells his wife that you know at first I was just seeing him in the restaurant and then we would go down to the beach that was not you know what we saw the first time we saw it was definitely not the first time that happened that's what the six they months were... was I think they've been seeing each other for six months All right, that makes a little more sense to me I still don't think. I still don't think Martin. I don't think Stephen knew. I don't think Stephen knew until it's until Martin reveals his four. So it's his four stage plan. Uh, Martin and Stephen <laughs> are sitting down, and Martin says, "In order to bring balance to the destruction of their families, because he blames Stephen for his father's death, because his father di- didn't die in the car crash. They've kind of talked around. He was alive and died in surgery. And then we also later find out that uh, uh, Stephen drinks, and he had a few drinks." before he did the surgery so you know there you go that that that's the that's the why the blame why the blame he blames him uh and so martin's revenge but but very very interesting like just balanced kind of revenge is steven must choose a family member one of either his wife daughter or son to die uh otherwise they will all slowly die in four stages the first being paralysis the second being self-imposed starvation the third is bleeding from the eyes and then four they they will die so that's his little that's his plan we don't get like the medical or even like psychological 
we don't we don't get how he does this. Um, but I don't think that's really important in this world. Um, but he Martin can do this to Stephen's family and is, and Stephen has to either make a choice or watch his family slowly die. So there you go. That's yeah. that's this whole thing we've been talking around. And these characters <laughs> we have: Stephen, the wife Anna, the crazy kid Martin, daughters Kim, daughter Kim, son Bob, Martin's mother, played by Alicia Silverstone. Good to see her around. And then Matthew is Bill Camp's character. He's the anesthesiologist. So uh, back to you, Mama Kay. What do you think of these characters? I want to say that I want to start by talking about the casting for this movie, because I think it was, I don't know that it could have been more perfectly cast, which is a really strange thing for me to say when you have Colin Farrell and Nicole Kidman as a married couple. Because if you said that to me, I don't think, I, and I think Nicole, you said that was one of the things that was interesting mm-hmm. to you about this. Um, I don't think I would, uh, I would have a hard time sort of reconciling that for myself, but the casting is, is perfect. That kid, I don't, I, I don't even know. He's otherworldly, honestly. He's Barry Keoghan is the actor, and he's in Dunkirk and American Animals as well. People might know him from those. He's in a lot of stuff, but those are those are some bigger Does ones. Does he too. look like that in all of his roles? I mean, I've seen the, Dunkirk, but he looks especially like that in this. But I think they make him look uh, a little bit more like a regular person in the other ones. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, I'm sorry to the actor if this is his face, but I think it's his mannerisms and you know his his kind of autistic behavior that really sells his uh, his. Yeah, but they all kind of they all kind of behave the same way. I mean, I don't really that and and that's part of uh, that's that's part and parcel of this movie. But um, I think that. Everyone is cast perfectly because otherwise um, I would not have been able to watch this movie. It It's like pulling out your fingernails to hear these people talk the way that they do um, all the time. It's so flat and monotone and you have all of these really crazy things that are happening and... Uh, you know, the worst things that can happen as a family are happening and no one barely raises their voice there's very strange affectations um i was happy when nicole kidman slapped her daughter um people getting slapped in the face is the only time that you see any sort of emotion until really toward the end where um one of the characters is being held by another character but um it was so annoying to try to fit this into any world that I recognize that I didn't appreciate it because I just didn't have, I, I didn't have a place to put it. Having said that, I also couldn't stop watching it. So mm-hmm. he's doing something right. I just, I don't know that, um, I, I'm almost, I was, it was one of those repulsed things. I was repulsed by these characters, every one of them. <laughs> Um, and the way, and, and even, and even the kid, the littlest kid, the boy with the hair, I, I was physically repulsed. I was repulsed by Alicia Stil- Silverstone. I was repulsed by the anesthesiologist so hard later in the beginning, there's nothing, but then I'm repulsed by him later too. Um, <laughs> you gotta give him a hand. Oh. But why, why do you have to do that? Yeah. <laughs> why do you have to do that? Why is that important? It's to exchange the information. You gotta, gotta get, gotta give to get. Because he's very unhappy in his marriage, as they said when they went over their house. That yeah, for the barbecue. I, yeah, I think he needed a yeah. different outlet. 
they were just trying so many. It was so weird to see all these really normal activities happening in such a weird space. And yeah, um, so for, I don't even know how to rate these characters because I just can't believe that they exist in any world that I understand. Uh, I'm giving the characters a one. I don't I don't understand them. I just don't get it. I, I'll give the actors a four, but I'm giving the characters a one. No, I, I was interested to see the dynamic of Colin Farrell and Nicole Kidman because I'm always, always on the fence with Nicole Kidman. I don't know if I like her or not. And I feel like I, every time I see her in something, I'm like, okay, am I going to like her or not? Um, so I totally agree. The character makes me hate her. <laughs> but... That means that she played it very well. So I can't fault her for being a really shitty character. And I say that for another reason that I'll bring up later. But they're all so bizarre. And you're so right. It's to see this perfectly fine, normal, current day looking locations. This hospital looks very high tech and you know, the diner looks like it's just a regular old diner. Their house is beautiful. And, you know, his house was fine. They, you know, we expected to see him go to like a dump and he lived in this very nice house. Um, yeah. Wonder, I'm actually wondering if that means that they're set in a different time warp. I don't fucking know. But <laughs> that's why I called it Earth like one B. Like, like, is this not, a shitty house not... for this place of the of the timeline? Well, I think in I think in comparison <laughs> to the doctor's house, which is like basically a mansion, like pretty close. Right, but I mean, all every the the fact that these characters and these actors that played them could fit, fit these roles into such beautiful scenes is so like impressive to me because it makes it feel like they're living in a dump makes it feel like they're living in this creepy ass place but they're not they're just really creepy people (laughs) um (laughs) the the total lack of like emotion and everything from these people i know brennan has has a uh example in his that he made fun of while we were watching it so if he doesn't bring it up i will but so monotone and no one has any heightened sense of being frightened or wondering what the hell's going on with this kid why their children are slowly dying um and the fact that he has to make this god-awful decision he cried one time i mean i think that they they really acted them very well and i just think that it's so creepy how complacent that these people are with what's happening um so i'm gonna give them a four uh yeah, so Yorgos characters are kind of very frequently. That's why when I saw the favorite, I was kind of shocked to see how lively those characters were, and like, because you think of the favorite, you think of like, oh, they were like they were fun characters, but like you still would consider them kind of stiff and weird and stilted. And then you see this, and you're like, oh no, that's like that's the human, that's the human Yorgos. This is like this is like pure id. Um, I I love. I love their conversations. I love how obsessed they are with comparing body hair and unpromptly bringing up your period and then be just being like, you know, almost like non sequiturs, like in their conversations. They're just, yeah, I don't I, find I, any of that. I, it's the delivery of it. And I reason, and, and I have to believe that the delivery of it is based on what the direction is. And from, oh, yes. from the director. So I, that's, I don't have, I don't think I have problem with any of, what 
they're doing or what they're talking about. It just does not at all match the delivery. I heard an interview with Nicole Kidman when this came when this came out, and she's like, "I would give I would give a take a certain way," and he would be like, "Okay, same thing, but less. Like give like keep giving me, <laughs> like keep giving me less. Like say say it like you're like just reading it almost. Right. Like just just half a step above reading it, and that I you could feel that. But I I kind of like. I like that style. It's so within five minutes of, a, of one of his movies, you know, there's no mistaking what you're watching. There's but you no, know what's so good about it, though? It sounds like Martin doesn't even have a script. It the way that he is able to he's um, great at read this. the way that he's able to drive his lines. It sounds like he's literally making it up on the spot. When he gives I think his you're right, whole, Nicole. I think his you're whole right. like script. Well, yeah, when he finally reveals his his evil plan, it's so like quick and scrambled, and it's you almost have to go like, okay, sorry. Uh, like he, he's just like like he's so. Uh, I, I like the like this the sucked emotions, and I, I think uh, Nicole. I, I think this is the scene you're talking about, but when the the kid first won't eat, and um and the the father walks in, he's like. I don't want you to feel bad about eating donuts. You can have as many donuts as you like. Come on, mother, it's okay if you can have a donut. Yes, you may have a donut. And then he's like, try, and he's like, here, take it. And then he's shoving it, like smashing in his face. And you just hear Nicole Kidman in the back going, "I don't think he's hungry." Like it's just so, it's so like fucking good. I love it. I love like the actions are so crazy and and heavy for half a second, but never is like a drop of emotion brought out until you know we get a, we get a crying breakdown later. Um, and you know, okay, every once in a while, like a glimpse of real human comes through, but I like how just like, like just pressed and, and robotic these people are. I, the, I like the, the style. Kids. Like there's a, there's a line that the oh, yeah. daughter says that she says, um, I just have a question for you. Uh, when you die, can I have your MP3 player? MP3 player. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, what the fuck? Uh, and earlier, you, she, she, he was like, "Is that yours or your MP3 player or mine?" It's like, "It's yours." Okay, good, because you are you're always losing yours. I don't want you to lose mine. Like, there's, uh, and the, uh, the body hair comparison scenes are great. Where he's like, "Yeah, my dad has like three times as much," and then later on, "Hmm, nah, I mean, you definitely have more." But I, I just love it. I, I like this style. Uh, so I, I'm at like a four. Um, it's I can't give it like a five because there's it's de- purposely deprived of emotion. But I mean, that's I, I'm just gonna land a four. I don't know how much more I can really explain it. Visual and sound. This is gonna be an interesting thing to talk about. Uh, Nicole, what do you think? Yeah, um, I kind of brought it up a little bit in my last in my character rating, but just the juxtaposition of like how they put these weird creatures, if you want to call them that, just the way that they act in this totally normal suburbia looking setting is like so bizarre to me that it just looks amazing that's what i think is the the key here is the visuals as opposed to the sound i don't quite like the approach of using the excuse me i don't quite like the approach of using the eerie orchestra (laughs) building up to fucking nowhere type of deals <laughs> um you, you know mean the whole signed soundtrack yeah <laughs> i get i get it every now and then if we're just 
I want it to use for suspense and the parts that he's using it in is not the suspenseful parts. So because <laughs> he, he wrote it as like a computer program. He didn't, I, I know he, he's an alien. And maybe that's, maybe that's <laughs> to keep us on our toes literally the whole time to expect the unexpected type of thing. But that didn't land for me because it just kind of was like, okay, I'm, I'm tired of hearing this loud ass drums while I'm looking at Nicole Kidman's boobs. I don't want, I don't like that. So, <laughs> I have to kind of meet in the middle here, maybe a little bit lower. This isn't one of my highest points of the movie. Um, so I think I might give it a 2.5. Okay. Yeah, I don't really know how to give this movie any numbers, honestly. I feel like I'm obviously <laughs> going to be either all over the board or give it like straight ass ones now. The visuals are interesting. I mean, they're they're one thing that I can actually kind of get behind. A little bit. Um, I do like the fact that he does not get stuck on like one type of shot. You know, he he's shooting like if he's in a hallway scene, it might be shot from a lower angle, and then he's got a couple that are from an upper angle. And he's, I, I feel like you know that's a way of him trying to keep us sort of on our toes a little bit, like the freaky people and the way they act and the freaky music isn't enough. He's gonna overwhelm us with a lot of this kind of stuff. It, it all comes together to produce, I think, exactly what he's looking for, which is really great for oh, it's a, him. It's definitely exactly what he wanted to do. It's just if you like that. Yeah, I would say that's really awesome for him. But if you're, you know? yeah, if you're trying to relate to, to like just regular kind of people, though, um, you know, you <laughs> no, know where I put no. this. Yeah, I put this in the, the gratuitous I heart myself category, which does not sit well with me. Um, ha- having said that, I probably should have said that about another part of this movie, not the visual and sound, because I don't think that's where it's deserved. Nicole is right about the eerie music because I was listening, I was watching it with uh, captions, and the first time that the kid goes to their house for dinner everything looks very normal and then at the bottom it's like eerie music playing and then all of a sudden the eerie music comes on and i'm like the <laughs> fuck is this he's just coming over for dinner how what what i don't yeah, understand how this is, yeah i don't understand how this is gonna go bad and then you know it's like oh let's talk about how you started smoking which just seems like a story although a stilted story because everything is but now eerie music is playing why is eerie music playing now like you know um i I, maybe i should have watched it without the captioning on i don't know so i i guess i'm just gonna have to stick in the middle with this as a three yeah i think the reason because even though you said okay even though you don't really you don't like this the way this is going but you can't not watch it you, like you are you and the, nicole you too like we were intently paying attention to this movie and i think when you can't figure out why you're intently paying attention the visuals have a very like the way the cinematography and the way it's shot is very much the reason his shots are yes. long and far away uh some are still once i mean they stand out to me the the, the the long dolly at the beginning when the when they're walking down the hallway of talking about watch types is yeah. you know it, it sticks out the, the overhead when the kid after he leaves the tests and then he collapses again at the bottom of the escalators um yeah. the, the 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 alicia silverstone coming on to the to him in the in the 
in the uh, when when he invites. We forgot about that whole thing. Is uh, Martin's trying to get him to set up with his with his with his mom. Uh, she, you know, she's 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 lost weight. She has an incredible body. Uh, you know, all that stuff. Uh, the spaghetti scene. How does scene. that? How did? Do... Oh, the spaghetti scene that... is. You could make a top five disgusting, disturbing spaghetti scenes in a movie because there's there's tons of good ones. But this is this is up there. <laughs> um, it's it. I think things just. Like, I remember this movie a lot. Things stick out. I I I, I can remember <laughs> scenes. I remember sounds, and I think that's a big credit in it for just paying attention to it your mileage will vary on whether you actually enjoy it i don't know if yorgos films are typically enjoyable experiences but i think they're just i like experiences so i I give this like a four five for the visual and sound i'm very high on this um i think it's effective I, i i like the sound the the random sounds keeps you on your toes i like all this um so let's let's talk about the second the end towards the end of this movie things are getting worse um they're trying to figure out who is you know is is someone going to sacrifice himself is someone going to die because the kid's condition is getting particularly worse the little the boys uh, he's he's gotten to the bleeding eye phase uh at one point which is great great <laughs> it's fucking disgusting but they're still keeping their monotone speech it's so oh it's so specific i really like it um and you know the, the daughter is offering herself up to die she gives her a whole speech she she runs out of the house and they they follow her there uh what it really ends up boiling down to is how are we gonna how are we gonna pick who's gonna die we're gonna put bags over everyone's head tie them up in different corners of the room and uh and steven's gonna spin around with a shotgun and just shoot, and then whoever dies is gonna die, um, and that's how they that's how they determine it. And it is Bob who gets the axe uh, after a couple missed <laughs> shots, and uh, we you know we cut to the fe- like sometime in the in the future where they're at the diner they've visited throughout the movie. Uh, Martin and Stephen have, and uh, Stephen and Anna and Kim are all there. Uh, Kim briefly locks eyes with Martin as Martin walks in the door, and he goes and sits at like the bar. And um, then the the Murphys the Murphys leave, and Martin gazes after them, and um, that's that's the end. What of are the they killing. doing? Going to this <laughs> stupid place again? Oh my god! Move! You can't, you can't also, expect them to act like regular humans, you know. They're... I do. I expect them. I expect somebody to go to jail for Bob's murder. No. <sighs> so uh, so resonance and feel. Um, it's uh, it's Mama Kay's turn. What uh, what do you think of that? <laughs> Well, after that outburst just now, um, I want to forget everything about this movie. I want to forget everything about this movie. Um, what I didn't tell everybody at the beginning is this: of this is that I watched, started watching it last night at a proper hour so that I could finish it and then go to bed. And I knew I was going to need something cleansing before I went to bed that I could not have this as being the last thing in my brain before I go to sleep. And I only got halfway through and I was just like, oh, fuck this noise. I I can't. I, this isn't going to work for me. I'm going to need a couple hours of cleansing before I go to sleep because this is weird <laughs> and disassociative. And um, I just can't live in this spot right now. This is a bad COVID movie. This is a bad movie to watch while the world's on fire. Um just you know shit's creek that's fine the 400th time of watching the office that's what you need to be doing not this um, you need something a little lighter a little breezier not something so um 
Yeah, but I haven't even been. That's not where I've lived. Yeah, during this time, this isn't where I've been living. I've been sort of living in in a different place where I'm like, I'm not watching most of that stuff. I'm I'm actually watching deeper things and and stuff like that. And this was just, this is just too much. It's sort of like, you know, uh, dystopia to the nth degree that looks really normal, um, but it's a, not. It's a and I I like mindfuck for sure. It is, and you know, I'm sort of I'm about like things like justice and there was none of that in this movie um i i I realize that's what it's actually predicated on is a sense of justice for this kid's father i mean for martin believes justice has been served at the end you know martin is a sociopath martin is clinically insane and he's also has some really weird like i don't know power which I need more explanation about that. I can't just suspend disbelief about about. that either. (laughs) What'd you just say? Power of what? I said, that's not what it's about. It's not about the power. Yeah, I get it. It's not about that. Um, Also, we haven't talked about the title and what that means with this movie. I have no fucking idea. So, oh, okay. So, you, Nicole, any idea? I have, I have an answer. Do you guys any idea, Nicole? I mean, I, I can only put two and two together and kind of, try to guess why bob is the sacred deer of this but no i don't either so uh you guys are clearly not greek mythology scholars uh i i had actually this this are you this, i i didn't know exactly what the story was but the killing of a sacred deer is a, is a is part is it's not called that but in greek mythology there is a tale of king agamemnon which i think you know we're all very familiar with uh and he I accidentally killed Okay, uh, he accidentally kills a deer in the sacred grove of Artemis, who is god of uh, ah, god gotcha. of the hunt. So, uh, you know, after he kills this deer by accident, Artemis takes the wind out of the sails of Agamemnon's ships, so he cannot pursue uh, war. Uh, and the only way to correct this, to make things right, is for Agamemnon to sacrifice his daughter, uh, Ep- Epiphagina, I believe is how you pronounce her name. Uh, and oh, they reference order... that in the movie, yeah. Yeah, in order for, and then there's also some incestual things that we don't have to talk about. But that's that's where the story comes from. Uh, so, you know, in this in this world, the sacred deer that is killed is actually the father, is uh, Martin's father, and uh, and uh, Bob is is the is the sacrifice. And Agamemnon would be would be Stephen and Artemis is Martin. So that's that's it's you know that's what it's based off of. Uh, clearly, very loosely, but um, well, I appreciate that that education from you because that makes some makes sense. Uh, so, okay, do you, any any closing thoughts in your in your resonance and feel? I want to forget this. I'm giving it a one. Nicole, <laughs> um, it feels like a film school student's first movie <laughs> his first movie this is like his seventh movie <laughs> i mean maybe it's, maybe it's the really bad sophomore effort no i don't think that's true <laughs> oh no you, this is way but be- i don't know if you guys seen the lobster but i'm okay would hate that There's I, a lot of pet, pets not being murdered about, in that <laughs> i don't want i don't i'm not talking about eh, cinematography of it if i don't mean that i just mean like the art taking, film feel yeah taking yeah. something so absurd and and askew and trying to make a logical movie out of it isn't is weird it doesn't make sense for me i know a lot of people appreciate that like we've said um people that like the quirky films that have triple quadruple meanings and we could write 
you know, papers about it, but that's not really what I want to watch sometimes. So I didn't know that this would be like that. I didn't know much about this director, of course. So I can't fault it for that, but it's not my taste. That being said, it really is weird and interesting um, I, I too have questions. I want to know more about Martin's powers. I want to know what the hell that even means, but you giving me the backstory is interesting. Maybe I don't really need it now because I know that they're just using it as a metaphor, but the whole thing really fucking weird. And, <laughs> uh, Accurate. I'm, I'm having difficulties placing my, my rating too, because I was invested. It was on like i was watching it pretty intently but i wouldn't watch it again i give it a three this is uh yeah this is i'm i was glad you picked this because i always want to see it but i'm like i've seen his other movies this is no one's gonna like this i'm surprised you guys i'm surprised nicole you like it as much as you do well okay your reaction is pretty pretty close to what i expected um this is the first time i almost have not finished a movie that we are going to wow yeah Yeah, that makes sense the first time yeah, I mean, you wanted to leave Godzilla. Come on, this yeah. is at least this has art. Godzilla has screeching, but anyway, uh, the the <laughs> I this is a this is a me movie. This is I'm not shocked at the reactions here, and um, I, I yeah, I I am the least harsh on things either not making sense or not being relatable. I am all about the art and the weirdness, and you know we. I would rather even have a bad movie that's weird for weird's sake than an, a good movie that's just bland and disposable. I don't think this is a bad movie. I think it's a good one, but it, that's that's where I stand. So it makes sense. I would really relate to this. I haven't forgot about. I mean, yeah, we saw it just yesterday, but a lot of a lot of scenes stick in my brain. A very sticky. Like we talk about stick. This is a stick stick fest. Um, some good lines that I can't wait to continue using. Um, I, I really, oh I, I, I don't think I enjoyed it per se i never want to see this again but i i am very glad i saw it and i'm glad more <laughs> movies like this exist you don't want glad... to see it again because of the content or you don't want to see it again because you feel like you're not going to enjoy it the next time i think i'm i think i got like i think i got what i needed out of it i don't think there's more for me to i don't think there's more meat for me to explore here um i, I don't know if this, like this isn't like a pick up on new things this is totally like a experiential kind of movie um yeah. So I don't think there's more for me to be gained going back. I just, and I don't think I need to, because I think it sticks so well the first time that I, I, I'm, I got it. I'm good. And I'm glad it exists. And I'm glad I want more movies like this. I would always take a movie like this better for better or worse than, uh, than bland disposable trash. So I'm at like a four or five. I think this is a hard stick movie and yeah, I, 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 Enjoy is not the correct word, but appreciate is definitely what I feel about this. So uh, we're at the end of Killing of a Sacred Deer. I'll start with Mama K. You going to recommend this movie? No. Nicole, are you going to recommend <laughs> Killing of a Sacred Deer? <sighs> I have a hard time suspending reality. This is why it took me so long to watch these Marvel movies. So... <laughs> we're almost it, there. It's hard for me to... to put myself into these movies like a lot of people enjoy so it's hard for me to to say yes or no i mean my personal opinion no but i don't appreciate it like other people do so they people would probably get a lot more out of this than me so maybe maybe i say maybe 
maybe <laughs> okay i just always um, try to think of an audience of people that i know or anybody that i would want to be uh, a friend of mine if i if i told someone to watch this movie i think that they would question me hmm. as an individual <laughs> as well a, i recommend as a, this movie as a uh, same so person <laughs> i think the people i know like and would recommend movies to appreciate stuff like this um yeah i i I again enjoy not the right word want to see again almost definitely not uh but it sticks it's got a lot of weird things going on I like a lot of the the lines like it just sticks it feels like a value add it feels like like I I am more experienced as a film watcher having watched this it didn't feel like I wasted my time I I I am recommending this for any any major film fans this is this is a good one in, in that way so uh you film. know one recommend one not recommend then one maybe which i you know maybe. i don't like may I, you know i don't like maybes on this show but just give me the one maybe I, I, I get what you're saying you know if it's you <laughs> yes if it's someone else is kind of your thing but that's fine uh so that's where we land on killing of a sacred deer you know who you tend to align with on the show so use your judgment based on that um that's it for this episode. We've got some more streaming coming up because while things are opening up in some places, theaters are not there yet, so we are sticking to streaming. Please recommend things to us, though. Films with the Women in My Life on Facebook. You can reach out to me on Instagram. I am Brennan underscore pod host. You can reach out on Twitter, Films Women Pod, and you can email the show, filmswiththewomen at gmail.com. All right. Thank you guys for being on for Killing of a Sacred Deer. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. Very genuine right there. And check out the Marvel miniseries. That'll be coming to a wrap probably the end of this week, beginning of next week. So, yeah, step it up, Nicole. we got to finish these off. We're almost there. Uh, (laughs) Step it up, Nicole. (laughs) Step it up. Until next time, this is Brennan signing off saying thanks for listening and enjoy your movies. Thanks for listening to Films with the Women in My Life. If you enjoyed being a listener in our life, please rate and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or on your favorite podcast app. Keep up with the latest from the show on Instagram at Brennan underscore Podhost, on Facebook at Films with the Women in My Life, and on Twitter at Films Women Pod. Finally, you can email the show with questions and suggestions at filmswiththewomen at gmail.com. Original music for the show was created by Ian Burke and Chris Iwanek. Original artwork created by Nicole D'Alessio. This show is produced by Brennan Snyder. Thank you again for listening and enjoy your movies.